Welcome to Audiobook Lovin', a month-long event celebrating audiobooks, the narrators that perform them, and the authors that write the stories. Audiobook Lovin' is hosted by Books and Kisses and Viviana, Enchantress of Books. So happy to have as our guest today, award-winning narrator Andy Art. Welcome to Audiobook Lovin', Andy, and thank you for taking the time to chat with me today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been narrating, and how you became a narrator? I've been narrating since about 2011, give or take. And how I became a narrator is uh, I initially was working in two related fields in both public radio and in theater. And so while I was still teaching, I started to do some classes in various kinds of voiceover, including audiobook narration. And then the narration looked like it was going to be steady enough that I was really only teaching part-time. And anybody who's taught adjunct at a university Mm -hmm. knows that it's very fulfilling work um, spiritually. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And we'll just leave that right there. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I saw um, an opportunity to really make a career out of this. And I decided to quit teaching and put my full-time time and energy and resources into pursuing audiobooks. And so here I am. Cool. So you're narrating full-time. And do you More do- than full-time. More- <laughs> <laughs> Are you doing any other type of voiceover acting? Or uh, yes. Um, you know, it's sort of legacy clients that I had before I committed to uh, audiobooks full-time. And so I do have some e-learning and corporate clients that will come to me with uh, things that they need me to do, and I'll do those things. Okay. And since starting, how many books have you recorded, you think? Uh, com- coming up on 300 um, pretty soon here. Somewhere between 250 and 300, I actually haven't counted recently. <laughs> well, um, Audible is saying 219, but I'm sure that's because of everything that has yet to be published and other things that equals probably the more than close to 300 versus the 219 that audible is showing well 219 um for andy okay (laughs) (laughs) so now i'm curious to know hold on just a second i'm gonna look up Um, the rest of my titles (laughs) 48 according to audible 48 oh okay okay so yeah Okay, so yeah. Closer to like, yeah, between 250 and 300. Yeah. So are you record? do you have a booth at home? So do you record at home or do you go to publishing houses to do their stuff over there too? I have only ever recorded two books, not in my home studio. Ah. Um, so I'm pretty much of a home studio based person. Do you do all the old editing and... and- adding and fixing stuff there too? Cause I know sometimes. No, okay. no, no. Um, I, I never have done that. Um, from the very first, first book that I ever did, I hired that out just because I am not good at editing. I'm not fast at editing and it's a real art in and of itself. So I really am lucky to have a short list of really good people who are just like tip top and make me sound even better. So when you get a book, how do you go about preparing for it? Well, it, it kind of depends uh, if, I've, if I'm familiar with the author's voice and style and um, storytelling structure and sense of humor and all those things. Then we have sort of a shorthand. And then what I want to do is, okay, how about this story? What is this story about? And what's unique about these two people? Um, if there is nonfiction with a lot of place names and proper names and maybe terminology that I'm not familiar with that takes longer. Uh, If there is a mystery, I have to obviously know who did it and, you know, look at where the breadcrumbs are. And so I don't, you know, so I don't ruin the surprise by, I don't know. There are, I think there are ways that you have to sort of let things hide in plain sight, almost the way that the author does. Mm Mm-hmm. Because if you bury something too obviously, I think there are savvy readers of mysteries who go, "Uh uh-oh, that's got to be the person. (laughs) That tone of voice. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, that's the one thing that that uh, that narrators always talk about is like, oh my gosh, you know, like the person who did it like has every other chapter all the way through the book. They're confessing that they did it. Like, what in the world voice do I give them? Mm-hmm. So that's tricky. Yeah. Speaking of the voices, how do you go about selecting how a character is going to sound um, in the books? Well, uh, I was just actually (laughs) working on a book today that there was like, um, can I swear? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you can do it. (laughs) All right. So there's like, there's like the bitch at work, right? Right. And, and they described the way that this woman was the bitch at work. And it reminded me so much of somebody who worked in the same office I did when I was still in my 20s, who was super territorial about everything, the desk, um, her boss's time, you know, things people would talk about. She just was very controlling. Mm-hmm. And so I, and she also had a really distinctive voice. So <laughs> she's in this book. <laughs> it was kind of cathartic, actually. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they say that, um, you know, when you're friends with an author or there's an author around, they're always taking notes about, you know, people's, what they say, their mannerisms and things like that. And you might end up in a book, you know, of them and stuff like that. It could be the same thing from narrators that, you know, you pick and choose people or their highlights of, you know, those that have been in your life to use them for then inspiration or character, you know, tones and voices. So that's kind of cool, kind of scary, kind of (laughs) cool. Well, yeah, I mean, I listen to people a lot when I'm kind of out and about because there are things that people do in real life that if you did that in a book, people would be like, nobody talks like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But they really do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, people watching can always be fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so once you selected um, the voices and the tones for each of the characters, how do you go about remembering? It's because nowadays the trend seems to be that an author will write a series, even though each book is a standalone within the series, but characters keep popping up. So a character, in, a side character in book two can now become the main character in book three or four. So what's your sure. process in remembering in, you know, about how they sounded or how do they go about that? Uh, it depends because um, sometimes an author writes a book and they don't realize that their fans are going to clamor for a book about so-and-so, mm-hmm. you know, so they wouldn't even have been able to give me a heads up like, hey, this minor character is going to have her own book in the, you know, in six months um, because the author doesn't even know that yet. So the most laborious is when I go back to the earlier books, audio files, because I have all the books that I've done, um, you know, stored, Mm -hmm. I can go back to those texts, look up that character, go to that chapter, listen through and be like, Oh, that's what I did. That takes a long time though. So like with Kylie Scott's um, dive bar series, I asked her up front, having been through the stage dive thing and the way that those worked, I was like, hey, do you have an outline of how these books are going to go? And she sent me the whole thing. This person's going to be this character and this this guy behaves like this. And so that way I saved the right voice for the right guy mm-hmm. so that I didn't like a deep in the stage dive series. It's kind of a stereotype of bassists, actually, that they're a little um, more like mellow, not quite as intense. They're kind of they're kind of chill, almost like a little like you know, like like they're hanging out, you know. Um, and so I'm glad that I you know didn't use that voice for a different guy because I needed, I I had that voice left over when Mm -hmm. I got too deep. Yeah. It's really tricky. Yeah. Sometimes you've made a choice for a different character and then you're like, ah, dang, I wish I still had that voice left. But now people recognize that as Mm -hmm. so-and-so. Especially when they're shorter series and a couple keeps popping up or a main character pops up in a different book. They're like, no, that sounds too much like X or Y. And, you know, yeah. You know. Yep. Yeah. So the other thing I'll do is use a voice memo mm-hmm. and I'll just do a brain dump after I get done with the book and, and just 
actually talk like everybody, um, describe everybody, what their drives are, you know, who's quick witted, who's resentful, who's uh, fearful, whatever, um, what their sort of base energy state is and use their voices so that when I have the next book in the series, I can just listen to like three minutes of brain dump from the previous book when I was fresh and get right into it. So you have done, again, Audible saying 219. I'm going to go with that number for now. Um, <laughs> books, in <all> different, <laughs> books in all different genres and stuff like that. We tend to be a sucker for accents when it comes down to listening to the voices. Do you have a favorite accent to perform? Um, I developed a subset of Southern that I just call light Southern lilt. And it's sort of Southeastern Southern. It's definitely not, um, you know, Texas slang Southern. Um, because Texas isn't really Southern anyway. Um, but it's definitely not, not Louisiana, but it's, if you could kind of take it around the corner to like Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, you know, up to the Carolinas, like the kind of corner mm-hmm. of the Southeast. Um, you know, sometimes they get criticized as like by Southerners as South in the mouth, which is sort of too general to be any specific spot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like, I like the Southern and I especially like it when an author knows how to write the, um, the Southern glissando, as I call it, <laughs> where a character is feeling sassy and scolding somebody and they say like, how come you think you're going to come over here? And blah, 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 blah. You know, like they're like sliding down the tones. And yeah. when, a, when a, a phrase like that is written perfectly, it is so much fun. You mean to tell me you came down here to get a chocolate cookie? You know, <laughs> it's just, you just go right down the tones. <laughs> Those are some of my favorites lately when there's, you know, that um, dialect and accent sometimes. And you do it so well. It's when I, was, I forget that you're you're not from the South or have a twang either. So, yeah, I mean, I live in Virginia and mm-hmm. I'm surrounded by a bunch of different Southern accents in this part of Virginia, which is kind of disorienting sometimes because we'll uh, we'll run across somebody who is from just 40 minutes south of here is Southern, mm-hmm. but then this area is kind of like Pennsylvania Dutch. So, like, my neighbor is this 70-something-year-old guy who's definitely got the local accent. And for, like, a small shrub, he calls that a bush. A bush. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so um, when my mower wasn't working a couple years ago, he was trying to help me fix the mower to get it going. And he said, well, if if you can't fix this today, you're going to get yourself a bush mower. (laughs) It took me a second to, like, yeah. What is he talking? Oh, a push mower. Yep. You know. <laughs> there's it was an, a push mower. Yeah, there's an entire YouTube channel dedicated to Southern sayings, and there are these ladies that they'll do little clips here and there, and it's just a hoot to listen to them. Cause, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just a, a different way of saying something instead of saying, fuck. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not the smartest career you know you know and stuff like that it's just really cool to kind of hear a different way of saying fuck even though that's a good way to do it anyways um (laughs) yeah yeah so what's the um your least or hardest accent to perform well sadly until i get some training in it i have to turn down anything that smacks of australian Mm. um i just cannot i'm going to australia later this year and I'm going to be listening and listening and listening. But I uh, just, I can do two, three words at a time. And then I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Lost. Wow. I would not have thought that that would have been the accent. I think a lot of times people think like Scottish or Irish. But Australian would not have been one that I would have thought that you would have had difficulties with. Huh. That's cool. And yeah, that's, it's hard. It's, it is hard. Yeah. Because the dialect also changes a bit depending on the region of Australia that you're, that, you know. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm fascinated by it. I'm I'm fascinated by it. I, but I can't, I just, I just stare. Like, there's a show on Nickelodeon, I think, or one of those kids kids channels that's from Australia that's about mermaids. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I know that. And 
Yeah, it's like H2O or something, yes. and my daughters used to watch it, and I would just stand there, like, watching their mouths, like, what are they doing? <laughs> All genres that you have performed in, do you have a favorite that you like to narrate for? Well, I, you know, besides romance, which romance has to come first, because as a genre, that has really given me a lot of love. <laughs> so, um, you know, there's where my loyalty lies. Um but I think there's two, I always tell narrators when they're talking to casting people, you know, the temptation is always to say, well, I would do anything. I, I'll do everything. Um, but that's not really true. Like you should say what you prefer or what you feel you're especially well matched with, I think. And so I always tell people to come into it with a capital A and a small B and a small C. So you know, you're, you're like, I mainly do my bread and butter is capital A. And I also love, you know, small B, small C. So for me, that is um, contemporary fiction. And because it's very challenging. And I've had some amazing um, books that I've gotten to do that were contemporary fiction, where there was one that the mother's story went backwards, and the daughter's story went forwards as the chapters leapfrogged. So there was a tragedy and the daughter's chapters are heading toward it. And the mother is reflecting back on it. Huh. And they, they sort of meet at the tragedy structurally. And um, it was, it was exactly how it's challenging to be a mom because you already know that, that daughter of yours doesn't have the life experience to see around the corner. Mm-hmm. And, and how could she, because she's young. Um, and so the daughter goes barreling toward this thing through poor judgment and just being young. And the mother is, is trying to deal with it and her feelings about her daughter because her daughter did something really horrible. It's um, horribly irresponsible that, that resulted in a death. Um. So contemporary fiction will give you these really interesting structural, technical characterization, kind of looking at the world a new way and and having something new to say about something that maybe hasn't really been looked at before. And I love getting to do those books. Um, and then women's um, biography memoir, I just get so much out of that, um, living somebody else's life for for a week and just kind of sitting in their experience and what did they learn and, and yeah. Um, and you mentioned romance being a big, um, how did you put it? Um, <laughs> it's given me a lot of love. Yeah, you know? it's given, yes, it's mean, given, and they love you definitely. Yeah. You definitely have huge fan groups um, in the romance um, genre. Do you have a favorite subgenre within romance to perform? Oh gosh. Um, well, it's fun every once in a while to tackle a romantic suspense, mm-hmm. um, kind of get things going there. I love things that have like wicked flirty humor because when it's well written, it's just as much fun to perform as it is when you're out in life and things are flirty and bubbly and there's good energy from it, from the, from the humor and the flirtation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'll also, I'm, I'm in the middle of a super angsty um, book right now that where there's someone who lost track of someone, thought they had kind of given them up for loss, started a new life, new relationship, and they're just about to move forward in that new relationship. And the guy from the past isn't gone. He's, he's looking for her. And now she's got to decide between her future and her past and feeling obligated to somebody who's carried a torch for her all this time that he's been gone and you know it's just like oh my gosh what would I do if that were <laughs> if I were in that situation so I I like you know it's sort of like love the one you're with I love the book that I'm working on because it's the it's the thing that I'm working through at the time is there a genre that you have yet to narrate that you'd want to narrate Ooh. hmm mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Um, I, uh, 
I've done like YA dystopian, but I have not done like a handmade tale, um, that kind of book that really goes right at, you know, like a, a Margaret, Margaret Atwood kind of a thing, uh, Joyce Carol Oates kind of a story mm-hmm. that is uh, really thorny and prickly. Uh, I, I tend, there's, there are a couple books that are not yet in audio that I know who has the rights to the text. And I, I don't know if they've just decided never to do it, but there are a couple of books that I, I kind of have my eye on. And every once in a while, I'll just send a little note saying, hey, I love this book. It's backlist, but it's great, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Let me know when you're ready to record it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's one that's absolutely wicked that I would love to do, but we'll see. Right, well, I'll keep my fingers crossed for you for that one. Thanks. <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit about, um, because recently we did have a royal wedding. Um, yes. <laughs> Um, the royal, the royals trilogy from Emma Chase that you narr- you co-narrated with um, Shane East. Mm-hmm. How is that series for you to narrate? Because again, there's accents, there's these like a fairy tale stuff going on, royalty. I mean, I fell in love with the story, but it was because of the performance that you and Shane did that really made me like, ooh, I love it. Oh. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, who doesn't want to be the princess, you know, the, the like commoner whisked away by the prince kind of thing. And the, the opening scene in the first book where she's just being real with him because she doesn't know him from Adam. Mm-hmm. And that's what he likes about her. Um, there are a lot of stories like that. Some are the person is literal royalty like in that book, but in some they're just they have a status because of their family or their finances or whatever, mm-hmm. that they're not used to being told, you know, to knock it off or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> there's something involving pie. I, I remember there's something involving pie in the first one. Yeah. She is um, the pie maker um, in the family because they own a business. And so. But doesn't she, doesn't she pie him or something? Yeah. Or I think she... he did something stupid or said something and she just got fed up and threw a pie at him. I was like, yes, you yeah. go, girl. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, a lot of times they write uh, authors that write heroines that are, you know, quiet and de- demeanor, and it's just they, they don't stand up for themselves. That's I can't relate to. So when you Ooh. have an author, well, it's just it's just one of those where I'm like, stand up for yourself. You have self worth. Let's go. And so when I when there's a character, a heroine that is smart, independent, and knows her worth. And we'll just throw the freaking pie at the guy because he's being an asshole. Um, that's yeah. my kind of girl. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and and the way that you perform it, too, it's like almost like watching a movie in front of you because of, again, your performance, your tones. It's almost like you're, you're seeing that as I'm listening to it. So you definitely give life to the book as I'm, you know, you're performing and the listeners are listening to it. So that was. Oh, I'm uh, glad to hear that. I'm really glad to hear that. I I try to picture myself in the situation and then move in it. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like, yes. if if somebody does something that, if it happened to you, you'd have to stop and think first before you can respond. Then I try to let that land and then respond to it. But it's weird when I'm the one saying it to me. Then I'm responding to myself. But <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. Have have fights with myself, punch myself out. Yeah. <laughs> Not recommended. Not recommended. <laughs> so with Getting Schooled, again, by Emma Chase, it was co-narrated by Zachary Weber. Um, with you being a teacher, were you relating to any of the topics that were happening in the story? Well, I wasn't a high school teacher. Right. Uh, although I was a high school um musical director for three years so I was sort of like the drama coach at a high school for mm-hmm. um for three musical seasons spring musical seasons and I, I guess I could relate to it from that standpoint I think um Emma, I, I told her when I was prepping that book I was like 
the similarities between is Callie, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And, um, and me, it, it was just so uncanny. I was, I would come across another thing and I would have to email her and be like, Oh my gosh, you know, the second guy she kissed was like a football player, you know, like while she was in a play and the football player was in the audience and he was jealous of her stage kiss. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what happened to me. It's like, <laughs> I like, I literally in high school was dating a member of the football team in a play, had a stage kiss, football player boyfriend is sitting in the front row and then started saying these little things about like, you know, criticizing the actor's kissing technique because obviously he doesn't know what he's doing. And, you know, <laughs> it was like a little insecurity there on his part or something. Yeah. Well, Emma captured the essence of being the teenagers, but it's, at the same time, the teachers. So, and I kind of, I didn't teach myself, but I ended up marrying a teacher. So I sometimes, oh. have, yeah. So I end up having to <laughs> talk him off his cliff sometimes. Um, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, and he's been teaching now for gosh, I think it's been eighteen or nineteen years, and he does teach high school. And what subject? Spanish. So it's an elective. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So you have a mix of students that want to be there, some that get stuck put in there, and you know, right now it's the end of the school year, so they're just they dying just to have it be over with. And I loved how Emma did the not only the students but even that moment of teachers that were like oh, i'm so fed up with these freaking yeah. kids yeah 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 and and but then the hero is like well you know they need us and stuff to the point where i was like you know i think i want to have my husband listen to this book to get a little bit of a refresh and a, yes i like what i'm doing um because <laughs> it's hard um it is it yeah. is bless our teachers i mm-hmm. there's not we can't pay them enough yeah and we don't. <laughs> no, we don't. No, we don't. And I'm not just saying that because I'm married to one. I'm just saying that in reality, they don't for what they have to deal with. And also working with our future, I would think that we would put a little bit more emphasis on that. But the two of you, Zachary, and, and you did a phenomenal job with that. And it was dual narrated. Have you guys done any duet narrations? Um, No, we have not because we're on the wrong, we're on the opposite coast from one another. Yes. So. Um, and he is a hard one to catch up with. Um, even when we were both nominated for that Voice Arts Award last mm-hmm. year, he was on the East Coast right around that time filming a movie. Mm-hmm. But that day, he had to be like on location in Maryland, like out on a river. Oh, no. <laughs> so he couldn't come to the award thing to go up on stage and accept it with me, which sucked. But yeah. I still haven't met him in person. I've never met the man in person. So. Well, are there a lot of narratives that you've co-narrated with that you have yet to meet in person? Or is that list getting smaller uh, and smaller lately? Um, let's see. I know Joe Arden mm-hmm. and I've met Joe Arden. I've met, um, certainly met Sebastian York, obviously, because we did marriage games in the same studio. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am going to get to meet um, Shane East next week. That's one of the reasons why I love the fact that audiobooks have become so popular and trending is because now we get to have and to get to know you guys a little bit better and be able to have that. Oh, this is, you know, all of, of Andy's work or all of Zachary's work and things like that versus just trying to figure out where to find you and just use audible. Now you guys have websites and social media and you're sharing things and you guys are going to conferences now to some of you. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. yeah. What upcoming appearances are you going to be at? I think you have a polycon. Uh, yeah, I've got a polycon already lined up for next year. Mm-hmm. And Joe Arden's gonna Joe Arden's gonna be at that, and Tanya Eby mm-hmm. is gonna be at that, and, Ma- and Maxine Mitchell, um, Leah Langola, I think, is gonna be there, and there are a couple other narrators who are looking at possibly being, um, if not down in the conference area, because there's like a capacity limit for the people who are presenting. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there, you can still go up to, you can be in the hotel, obviously, mm-hmm. and be hanging out. So um, it's a good time for us to hang out and get to know each other, too. Like, um, uh, I got to make sure I get my name right here. <laughs> um, <laughs> Samantha, um, Savannah Peachwood. Mm-hmm. Savannah, yeah, Savannah Peachwood was at a Polycon this year. And we um, got to go to one of my favorite restaurants near the hotel 
which has tapas and um, we hung out and had tapas and wine and got to know each other better and that's always good just because now I'm casting as well and the better I know my colleagues the better I'm able to give them opportunities when authors say oh who would be good for this right so So because you own lyric audiobooks yeah I do and can you tell us a little bit about that well um yeah sure I initially was just narrating through producers and through publishers but as ACX and indie publishing started to gain momentum I was finding myself producing more and more for directly for authors and initially it was just the things that I was narrating I would also produce but then it was like oh well can you get this co-narrator well do I have to you know deal with them separately or can I just go through you and so I would say, well, I'll just coordinate everything, just go through me, and I'll handle all the keeping the trains running on time and deliver the finished audio. And then it went from there to, gosh, you know, I'm not actually available to narrate in the time that you need your book to be done, but I know, like, the varsity team of romance narrators, so let's get you a great voice and get this book produced. And that turned into what it is now, which is... Um, a production company that produces award-winning audiobooks for indie authors. Yes. For best-selling indie authors, I might add. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, we are very, very proud of our um, client roster and our narrator roster and just super happy with how it's going right now. So. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that you and um, Joe Arden are going to be getting together in a couple of days for the um, Audis Award, correct? Oh, yeah. And Jill Benson is going to be attending the Audi mm-hmm. Awards as well, so... Yes, um, and- we're going to sit there together and hold hands and go. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys were nominated for Best Romance for the um, book Cake, A Love Story. Um, yeah. I had been looking at that cover for a while. I've been, I was looking at the book for a while as well. And I had it on my mountain of to be read list. And it got bumped every once in a while. People were raving about it. It wasn't until it became an audiobook though that it skyrocketed and the reviews were coming in. And then I was like, Oh, well, Andy's narrating it. So that's cool. And I'm going, Joe Arden, Joe Arden, where have I heard him before? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going, ah, it doesn't matter where I've heard him before. I'm buying it. And so fell in love with the series and you are the consistent author narrator, excuse me, for all four books and the male characters of, um, between Joe and Zachary Weber. Or the two right. other, yeah. So how did that, did she, she told us that I think she wrote you and said, hi, I love you. <laughs> how did that start? <laughs> um, well, one of her reader fans, who's also a big audiobook fan, mm-hmm. just told her, hey, when I read your book, I hear Andy's voice. And there is no greater compliment or honor to a narrator than to have a print reader say that Mm -hmm. and then they say it to the author and then you know so the author found out how to get in touch with me and she told me about her book and that it was her first book and that it was really starting to take off and would I um would I be interested in narrating it and um I I just there was just something about the way she wrote her email Mm -hmm. that really caught me it was somebody who's got this, she, she wasn't under or over playing where she was at. She was just saying, here's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and this, this reader told me about you. And so I was hoping to talk to you. And there's just something about it that um, made me go, yeah, I'm, let, let's, let's look at this book. Let's see what this is. And, you know, I very quickly saw that it was indeed this, you know, phenomenon that was beginning to gain momentum. And I was like, oh, this looks fun. Let's, you know, let's jump on this train and see where it goes. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, it was really different. It was, I see why people are drawn to her writing her series, her characters, because these people are so fresh and it's like there, she writes them like people, you know, yep. Um, they talk like people really talk. And I love the fact that it's an accounting major with a rock star, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just like, 
yeah, why not? You exactly. know, yeah. <laughs> and, and you're right. And it, you know, she, she gives it right back to him. She's smart. She's sweet. So it was one of the things that I really enjoyed um, listening to the books is the way the characters spoke to each other, the family dynamic. It's to the point where you're like, can you adopt me and want to be part yeah. of that family? <laughs> Um, and, but yep. they went through a whole lot of, I mean, like they went through hell and to yeah. come, uh, come, you know, through the tragedy that went through, which is kind of the callous for the book, um, and the stories for them to go through that and kind of see what they go through at the end, as well as how they, you know, went through everything. The performance that you guys both did was emotional and funny and there were quirky moments and there was just these tragic moments of sad. I'm like, okay, I got to put pause for a little bit. Yeah. 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 I mean, those kinds of stories where somebody has had a, something happen to them that has damaged their ability to trust the world, mm-hmm. you know, where they'll only go so far and then they protect themselves. I think a lot of us have something happen like that, that we could just sort of play it safe. Mm-hmm. Um and so those kinds of stories are always interesting to me. How does somebody learn to trust again, um, learn to, you know, learn to be vulnerable with somebody else and give and, and take a chance that they'll be hurt again, mm-hmm. frankly. Yeah. Um, a lot of us have to deal with that. So, yeah. I love that series. And I'm hoping that we get a, maybe one or two more characters with books you know, in the near future, but she, I know she's also working on something else. So we'll see. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And if she, if she wants, you know, to keep working with me, I'm happy to keep working with her. Cool. So you did bring up, uh, an individual, um, by the name of Sebastian York. And, <laughs> and an individual. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> Gosh, I'm trying to think. I think they call him like the audio unicorn or something like that because he's just so mysterious and everything. Um, I got a chat with him last year. Um, he's a wonderful, lovely gentleman with a wicked sense of humor. Um, but you get asked a lot about him because you've co-narrated a lot of books with him. Um, mm-hmm. and, but you have fun with it. In uh, the, the one or two of the groups that I'm in that you're also in, um, that they'll start talking about Sebastian. And you'll just pop in there and give him you know a little you know ragging on or just complimenting and stuff like that is is it um is it fun for you to kind of be in that position a little bit or you know because he does have his you know he's not mysterious on purpose he wants to keep his privacy and so people are constantly asking about you know what does he look like have you met him and stuff like that does it get tiring yeah but then they say like they say like but but don't tell me yeah (laughs) funny to me because this is like but what does he really look like but wait don't tell me I don't want to know you know I think at this point we can't know right mm-hmm. right um which is just like it's a, it's a settled thing we're mm-hmm. never gonna know you know so why would I not have fun with it because yeah. to me there's there's no decision to be made other than let me help you come to this realization <laughs> <laughs> it ain't gonna happen you know <laughs> That you're not going to know, but that you don't want to know, and it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he has. So, no, I don't, I, I don't no. mind at all. Um, I, I love my personal relationship with him. I value it greatly. I would never do anything to damage it. Um, I consider him a dear friend at this point. And so anything I can do to kind of, you know, he doesn't do social media. So right. I sort of, you know, I'll sort of... Um, chime in every once in a while without speaking for him mm-hmm. um, because I would never want to do that either. I don't think that's cool. No. Yeah. Um, when I spoke to him, we were talking about how he does not have any social media and I was letting him know about how he has this huge fan base and how they just love and adore him, his voice, his performance. And he seemed like he didn't really have a, didn't know how big it was and things like that. Do you, screenshots thing, you know when people are making comments or they're raving about him and, and share that with him just for you know shits and giggles or you know just to let him know hey they're talking about you again um or anything like um, that 
Not really. Not really. Mm-hmm. Usually when we talk, we're talking shop, we're talking schedules, <laughs> we're talking, you know, it's, it's time to work on this. What are you doing with this voice? I'm doing this. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, I get, I get kind of a kick out of it. <laughs> he just really, he just really doesn't know. And he kind of doesn't want to hear too much about it. Cause mm-hmm. I think he doesn't know quite where to put that, um, what to do with it. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, like, I think recently the thing that I said that you might be referring to as far as like making jokes about it is like, you know, somebody else asked that, like, does he know? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, he knows that we keep getting jobs. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, you know, that's the good news in there. Yep. That is the good news. We love, and you guys do a great job together. And, and I know that you mentioned that last year you won the award for the marriage games. Mm-hmm. And then now you're going back again for another nomination. How is that from a professional level? How does that feel? to be, you know, nominated again and again. Oh man. Well, it's not again and again yet to me. (laughs) Um, You know, like it, there's that part of the actor self that's like, it could all go away tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody will just email me and be like, you know, it's like Mary Tyler Moore said that every time she was getting ready to do anything, she's in her dressing room, whether it was a movie set or TV or whatever, she always felt like this knock was going to come to her at her door and it was going to be some stagehand saying, well, we found out that you really can't do this. So um, you have to go, you know, it's just mm-hmm. like, it just never goes away. So I don't take any of this for granted. I appreciate every second of the cool phase that this is in, but I'm the daughter of a career risk manager in the insurance mm-hmm. business and <laughs> his whole approach to life was what would you do if what would you what if this happens what if this happens so you know I'm like happy in the moment and always like what's the next thing what's the next thing what's the next thing if that makes sense yeah yeah it's always important to kind of have that mindset and know that you know live in the moment figure out that you're enjoying what you're doing and things like that so that's pretty cool I'm eager and excited for you as well as some of the other nominees and I can't wait to find out what the results are and you know get to listen. oh they can't go wrong this year like yeah there's five really strong romance finalists this year and you know they are friends of mine so like how am I not going to be like super thrilled for a good friend who did a great book like Mm -hmm. they I get to go to the Audis as a finalist, wear the medallion, be in the room. My colleagues are wonderful. I love them like family. Um, it's a beautiful evening. There's champagne. There's great food. Everybody looks fantastic. And, you know, if, if Cake wins, I'll be so proud and happy. But if we don't, I'll be so proud and happy. I'm like, you know, we already, I feel like we already won. There were so many romance releases the mm-hmm. year, you know, that year. So it's, how did, how is that not great? It's great. So when you're not working, which I know it's rare, um, <laughs> <laughs> when you're not working in those moments, what do you do for fun? Well, I like to travel and plan trips. Um, that's my procrastination. And so, like, my Australia trip is not until September, but I already have my hotels lined up. And I already have, you know, I'm like, hmm, what's the, what's the best place to eat in Melbourne, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I really love to travel and plan travel. I um, have a husband and two very busy teenage daughters. And so a lot of my free time is spent, um, you know, carpooling and attending sports things with them and um, just putting my mom hat on and um, I've learned how to keep score uh, at swim meets and I've learned how to, (laughs) you know, so all that stuff. Um, I have a dog that I love. We go for walks together. We go for long walks in the park. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, he's one of those dogs that's at my knee as I'm walking through the house and just looking up at me like, you know, if any, no matter what happens in this world, as long as I have this dog, I'll be okay. Because he just looks at me like I'm the best. <laughs> they are really good at that. Especially when you have teenagers. Yes. I have a 15-year-old. I do. <laughs> oh, okay. So. I can relate. Virtual hugs. Virtual yes, hugs. Thank virtual you. Virtual hugs. 
Oh my you God. are enough. Yeah, I go, oh, at least you love me. <laughs> and, you don't, and you don't roll your eyes at me when I say, uh-uh. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, we could go on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll talk later over drinks. Um, <laughs> but um, do you ha- with having the booth at home, it's obvious that your, you know, your children, the narrator, do they know exactly what it is that you're narrating from a you know, romance perspective? Do they know? Or do they care? Are they like whatever? <laughs> uh, you know, that they, they're both in high school. Mm-hmm. And so... I don't really hide anything from them anymore. They don't, they don't come into my office and sit there reading. Um, although if they wanted to, it's, it's a book, you know, right. <laughs> it's, like, it's a book. Um, but it's, it's really interesting. There was one day when my uh, one daughter was, I w- she came in like, are you done? Like I need something. <laughs> and I was just at the very, very end of a love story. And, you know, the very last page of a love story has that, like, zooming out, roll the credits, kind of grand, everything's wrapping up, um, put a bow on it kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I motioned through the door of my booth, like, just sit down for a second, I'm going to finish this. And so I, I finished the book, and she was like, well, I could write that. <laughs> and, and, I, and I said, go for it. And she's like, what? And I'm like, go write a book. And she just looked at me and I was like, no, really? Like, she's like, well, I, I mean, I could write a book like that. And I was like, yeah, but this person did, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it exists. <laughs> like, it's just, I really have learned so much about the author side of things, like watching them go through the creative process, the, even the pre-release anguish. Like now mm-hmm. the book is in its final form. You can't change it. Once it's in the audiobook narrator's hands, you're really not changing it. You know, mm-hmm. this is what it is. And it's being typeset and all this kind of stuff. And they're like in this pre-release, oh my God, all my other books were okay, but what if this one sucked? And my, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> and, um, or they're really excited about it, but they can't, but it's not time to like talk about it yet because it's not out yet or whatever. So mm-hmm. when, you know, when my daughters say something like, I could write a book like book like that. My response now is just like, okay, go try. You know, I hope you do. Um, but I, I don't think they will. I think <laughs> they just want to like, you know, I mean, they might, they might, but I think that's true of a lot of people. They'll, they'll, they're fine, like passing judgment about something, yeah. but they don't actually have the cojones to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so. And and I see that with authors, but I also see sometimes I, I see little comments about, you know, from the narratives. I'm like, well, I can just be a narrator and read and let people talk. I'm like, no, uh, uh, no, I have to, ed- I have to edit the stuff that you and I are talking right now. And I'm going to be cringing the entire freaking time because of how I sound and the, how I should have done this instead of that. I know there's, I would definitely want to do like school to be a, like an audiobook narrator. I'm not going to just, I'm not going to say, well, pfft. I can do it. <laughs> I value all the stuff that you guys do. It's a lot. And I see, and I hear some of your bloopers too. You guys are hilarious on those, but it's not just one or two times. You have to do that a lot and it takes practice. So it's a, uh... Oh, I got the, yeah, I got the giggles so bad last night because, Oh, I got to find the sentence. It's in the script that I'm working on right now. Um, sometimes if you just switch a pronoun, mm-hmm. um, it, <laughs> okay, no, there's something about, okay, it has to do with the word caress, so I have to find the word caress. Okay, here we go. So what I said, so you just picture this and you're like, wait, what? Um, he guides my head onto his chest, and what I said was, he guides my head onto his chest and caresses his back. Um, his back hmm. I said he caresses his back and I'm like that's not sexy oh wait because it's supposed to be he guides my head onto his chest and caresses my back yeah (laughs) now that makes sense but he guides my head onto his chest and caresses his back like does he have an itch like (laughs) and so the next like two or three takes I couldn't like finish because 
I had to stop because I was getting the giggles yeah. picturing that. Yeah. And then there was something today where like he's, she's sitting on the couch and he's sitting on a coffee table and all I could picture was like a glass coffee table that broke. Oh my. <laughs> like, don't think about that. Why are you thinking about that? Don't think about that. Funny enough, though, as soon as he said, you know, coffee table, I, and he was sitting on, I'm going, huh, what if he's sitting on a glass one and he falls? <laughs> See? See? You're not the only one. So that's good. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's interesting where your mind goes. When it comes down to Yeah, that's stuff. when I know I need to, like, take a break, break. you know, time, time to go for a walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know that I, when I've read some stuff and I'm reading the ebook and I'm going, I repeat myself in the same line and, or I'm going, this does just not make sense to me. That means, like, Vivi's really tired. She needs to put the Kindle down and either go to sleep because it is four o'clock in the morning. Um, <laughs> or <laughs> I've been on the computer for too long, so definitely needing a yeah. break yeah so let's have a little bit of fun and do a little bit of getting to know you by doing a speed round questions basically i'm going to ask you oh yeah <laughs> don't worry Uh-oh. i'm not going to ask you to choose between your two kids i'm not going to do that to you um <laughs> but it'll be quick and painless i swear okay okay ready Bye-bye. all right mm-hmm. vanilla or chocolate Vanilla. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Winter or summer? Um, summer. West coast or east coast? West coast. Pie or cake? Cake. Texting or talking? Talking. Marvel or DC? Um, Hanna-Barbera. <laughs> Warner Brothers. <laughs> like... Neither. Yeah. I'm not a comic book lady. Got it. TVs or movies? Hmm. Probably TV. Mm-hmm. Facebook or Twitter? Facebook. Paperbacks or digital? Paperbacks. Classic rock or old school hip hop? Classic rock. All right. Catch your dogs. Dogs. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, that was it. It was painless. See? Okay. You're okay. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's always gets like freaked out. I'm like, what are you gonna ask me? Don't ask me what my favorite author or narrator. You know, I'm like, no, I'm not gonna do that to you. That's unprofessional, and I'm not that mean. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Andy, so much for joining us today and being part of Audiobook Love. And I love chatting with you always. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to see you at the next thing where our paths cross IRL, you know. Yes, yes. I'm actually thinking of, like, when I purposely saw the lineup for a Polycon next year, I'm like, I think I'm going to go just to see the narrators. Um, <laughs> so Oh, I you might, gotta. Yeah, I might go do just for the, for you guys, but that's because I love you, so I'll do that. Um, if and, you do, we're going, to, we're going to Haleo. Okay, got it. Perfect. See, now I have a plan. Now I have a reason to do it. Like, Andy's expecting me to go. I have to go. Um, yeah. see, see, that works for my husband. Um, <laughs> what we'll do for the posts, everything of your information will be within the post. So listeners and readers can um, stalk you or literally find you if they haven't heard of your work before. And we'll include some of the um, clips from some of your work as well so they can have all in one spot. So thank you. Thank you so much for everything that you do for all of us. Anytime you guys rock, so it's easy thing for Aww. me to do. <laughs> okay. Audiobook Lovin' hopes you've enjoyed this program.